Welcome back to the Real Los Angeles Podcast. I'm your host, Northeast Los Angeles Raider. That is N-E-L-A, Nella Raider. Coming at you live and direct from none other than Los Angeles, California. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 15th episode of the podcast. Uh, I apologize in advance for not having been uh, relevant in the past month or so or however long it's been. However, today is September 8th, 2019 and I am back, baby. I am back. Sorry for uh, the holdout, so to speak, but um, a lot of crazy stuff in life has been happening, so I've just been kind of off and... To be honest with you guys too, besides the personal stuff, my personal life, uh, to be honest with you, uh, a lot of the stuff at the time since the last podcast was just waiting on hard knocks and just a lot of, a, a lot of BS, um, especially now <laughs> that we're a couple of months later. Um, yeah, it, a lot of it was just hype and um, just a lot of not really substantial substantial and really good content it would just been like he said she said is happening this is happening hard knocks is barely coming on and i was even thinking about doing a hard knocks episode as uh you know in between the hard knocks episodes going week to week on my breakdown of it but i thought instead i'll just give it some time uh let some real content build up and here I am. Instead of doing Hard Knocks recapping each episode, I'm just going to basically go over Hard Knocks with you guys. But first and foremost, let's get to the nitty gritty. This is the Real Los Angeles podcast where we talk all things LA. Of course, as you guys all may know, uh, this is also LA Raider Nation's number one podcast for all things Raiders. Yes, that's right. The only... Super Bowl champions in LA that matter to Los Angeles. Your Oakland and Cinder B Las Vegas Raiders will always be in our hearts. Los Angeles Raiders. Anyhow, guys, you guys know the deal. You guys already know. If you guys, if you're a first time listener, thank you for tuning in and welcome. Welcome. So, we're going to get into all things LA. So, usually I start off with the Raiders, then I make my way down into. The other teams that I cover. But today I want to talk mostly Raiders. So I'm going to leave that towards the end. That's probably going to be my last segment. So I'm just going to kind of skin through the rest. Because we got a lot of Raiders to talk today. Ladies and gentlemen. So Dodgers. I honestly don't know where I left off with the Dodgers. In my last episode. Probably should have did my homework a little bit before I started recording this. But in my last episode, we were just killing it. Uh, you know, our at-bats were going nuts. And, you know, for the most part, uh, Hunjin Ryu was on fire. The The Dodgers were doing really, 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 really good. And they still are. The Dodgers are still number one in the NL West. I believe we're like 20 games, 30 games ahead of our runner-ups. <laughs> we're killing it. We're still killing it, guys. 
And that's probably the problem. And that's probably going to be the biggest problem if and when we hit a World Series again. I have very, I have a lot of faith in our Los Angeles Dodgers when it comes down to not only winning games throughout the regular season, but winning games that matter. And, you know, whether it be last year's tiebreaker, I believe, or just absolutely slaughtering opponents and slaughtering other teams like we did the year that we faced the Astros. You know, the Dodgers have had a really good team the past couple of years. And to be honest with you guys, it's like playing a video game and you just can't make it over the hump with that very last level with the main boss. And our main boss isn't necessarily a team. What our main boss is in a video game uh, kind of metaphor to use, so to speak, analogy. Our main boss is an N- is the, the AL teams. It's the American League teams that we can't uh, seem to knock out. The, the good ones anyways. The Yankees, the Astros. The American League teams, uh, they kind of kill us. <laughs> they kind of kill us. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. But to just kind of skim through and say where we've been as far as the Dodgers. Uh, Hunjin Ryu has been struggling a bit. Jansen has struggled a bit. Uh, I went to a Dodger game for my birthday on the 4th. And um, yeah. The the game started off with a jock pop, so to speak. Uh, jock Peterson nailed a home run to start off the game. If you guys were there by any chance, you guys know what I'm talking about. It was the Tommy Lasorda night. I still have my bobblehead. And it was... It was a great game. It was a great game to say the least. We beat the Rockies that night. I believe it was like 7-3. It was a good game. The Dodgers pretty much held their ground. And um, again guys. We're we're killing. For the most part. Our own division. Except for the Giants. The Giants have been giving us some struggle. As of recent. But to be quite honest with you guys. The Dodgers are doing really good. We're still number one in the NL West. Give a round of applause for our Dodgers. I know. My sound bites suck. This is Bare Bones Podcast. Just me and not even a microphone. It's a headset. Anyhow. <laughs> back to the Dodgers. We got... Uh, the record is 93-52. That's 93 wins, 52 losses. First in the NL West. We currently do not have what we had the last podcast which I believe was still the best record in baseball. We are now like the third, I believe. I believe uh, the Yankees and the Astros, the, another team, the two teams I mentioned, uh, they have the best records in their conference, but in the, I mean, in the NL, the N, excuse me, the AL West, I mean, AL West, excuse me, guys. AL in the American League. They they have the two best records. But they're 94. So they're only a game ahead of us. But 
we're still like third in the entire uh, MLB. But nevertheless, guys, we're a really good baseball team. I absolutely see us doing really good in the playoffs. I don't want to jinx us, so I'm knocking on wood and just saying I'm going to leave it at that. Everyone wants to say World Series off the top of their heads, and that's fine. But I'm not going to try to jinx us or any of that shenanigans. What I will say is we're a very good uh, baseball team up front, face value. And I absolutely not only see us making it into the playoffs, which is absolutely the, the case. But uh, I see us definitely making some noise. I'll just say that. But anyway... That's pretty much all I have for now. I'm not going to go crazy with the Dodgers and my absolute thoughts on them. Just because, again, uh, Blue October will be here in no time. The regular season, guys, let's be honest. It's a lot of baseball games in between now and Blue October. Not a lot of games left. And let's just let's just write this out. Let's, let's get the... Uh, regular season over with and worry about the games that matter because that's what it's all about right there the games that matter are after the regular season which we will make and let's go Dodgers I'm not gonna say anything further than that let's go Dodgers Lakers your Los Angeles Lakers have had some news possibly since the last episode none bigger Quite frankly, then we all know about the acquisition of AD, Anthony Davis. Uh, we all know about, you know, LeBron. You know, I could talk about how LeBron put in a trademark for Taco Tuesday. But I'm a sports podcast and I'm going to talk sports with you guys. Now, there's not a whole lot of quote-unquote basketball news between the last episode and now, except for, you guessed it, Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins got injured since the last time we talked, and that pissed off a lot of people just because it's kind of shame that he got injured. Forgive me if I'm wrong about the injury, but I believe it was an ACL, and he's pretty much done for, he might be done for the season, and if not, the entire season, a good portion. So I should have done my homework again and gave you guys correct information for the most part. But you guys pretty much know by now. It's been a while since that news came out. And since then, we were kind of looking for another big. And we went after the none other, none other, ladies, gen ladies and gentlemen, than Dwight Howard. Or as I like to call him. And Black Mamba surely thinks it's, uh, it approves of it. Dwight Coward. Yes. Dwight Coward. I know a bunch of fans. Especially the, the, the heads that remember the Kobe days. Which, quite honestly, that was not a long time ago. But, nevertheless, there's some new Laker fans in the building. Shout out to new Laker fans real quick. Uh, you know. Thank you for choosing us, even though we're not that good right now. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, the Dwight Howard days were not that long ago. But if those of you who remember, Dwight and Kobe did not 
really mesh well and by the time he he left the Lakers and we met up with him and uh, at least that one I forgot what what game it was but he came up and they had a, a scuffle him and Kobe and Kobe called him soft so for those of you who do remember it wasn't again it wasn't that long ago but uh, so to a lot of us especially the big time Kobe fans we do not like Dwight Coward and we didn't really welcome him back with open arms, so to speak. But I have some good news as far as that comes. Well, yes, I'm not too sure about the Cousins contract and how much of that affects our cap and all that good stuff. Uh, I do know this. Dwight Howard's contract is considered a quote-unquote summer contract. It's for very minimal money. He's making a couple of G's just being on the roster. It's kind of a make it or make it or break it kind of a deal he starts earning money as soon as october hits where um the season begins so it's really not not a big loss for us i mean it's kind of a big loss in the sense of cousins getting hurt and you know him healthy i mean sky's the limit kind of a thing with the team and i was just kind of looking forward to the the roster that we had put together this off season Again, AD, LeBron, the works. We still got Kuzma. We didn't have to get rid of him. Uh, Danny Green. The, the list goes on. But that that was disappointing. And now we have Dwight Howard. Again, again, guys, I'm just going to leave off with this. It's a summer, it's a summer contract. It's not a lot. It's a couple of G's. He's making what he, he's making. Kind of a make it or break it deal, so we're not really losing anything. If it doesn't pan out, I mean, you just let him go, kind of a thing. Now, we're just gonna have to wish for the best and hope things do work out and he does ball out because, to a sense and to, to a degree, I mean, for the most part, we just need the Lakers to win, don't you think? Shout out to all Laker fans throughout Los Angeles and the world. Let's go, Lakers. That's about it that I have for that. Uh, Kings. You're Los Angeles Kings. Not a whole lot has happened since uh, I've had the podcast, to be honest with you. Since I've been doing episodes, not a lot has came out. But I do have some news. Jack Campbell. As we all know, our goalie. Um, who's been filling in pretty much for quick since... Uh, Quick did get injured sometime last year, and he's 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 coming back on track. But Quick, he's kind of old now. And to be honest with you guys, uh, I'll get a little bit more in depth right now with Quick. But Jason Campbell's young. I believe there was a couple games that he could have won that were total winnable games. It's just uh, you know he saves. He saved a lot of games and, you know, our offense just needs to get better. And maybe we just need to get younger because <laughs> we're a lot of us, uh, a lot of that team from the 2012-2014 team, we still got a lot of the same guys, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that I, maybe it's, I'm not a big hockey head, so maybe I shouldn't be speaking too much about the Kings and the roster, but... I mean, I'm sure it's like any other sport where you need to start getting younger. 
and faster kind of a thing. But uh, Jack Campbell is definitely younger. Uh, we extended him to your extension contract. I heard it was a three, so maybe it's a two, two year with thirty yard option kind of a thing. I don't know how uh, any NHL contracts work, but it's a three point three million dollar contract, two years. Like I said, probably a, a one year option after that. But he will definitely be with the team between uh, two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty one, and I believe two thousand twenty twenty two. So, Jason Campbell looks to be extended. Um, what does that mean for Quick? Do we release him? Does he retire? I'm not sure. Other fans are talking about it, how they we might just have to trade him for what we can. Do I agree with it? Do I want it? it I think I kind of agree with the whole Quick situation. If we could get what we could get from him, then... You know, I mean, as long as it makes the Kings better, but, you know, it's going to be hard to say goodbye to Quick. For those of you who watch uh, LA Kings, and it's one of those things where uh, the way I see him is the way Raider fans saw Sebastian Janikowski kind of a thing, where you knew the time was coming and it was creeping up. You want to believe that he still has it, and you could definitely still see some of Janikowski in there kicking those long field goals or any just just being clutch at his age because Janikowski was very much getting up there but back to the Kings I saw him as Sebastian Janikowski I saw him as Seabass where you know he came in clutch for us when we needed him he was he still kind of got it but you know if we need to believe in Jack Campbell and kind of see what he could do between now and maybe a year or two from now then maybe we we look at his stock and, and and trade for someone younger, faster. Probably, you know, you know, Anze Kopitar is getting up there in age too. He's been with the team like some 11, 12 years. I'm not too sure. Again, I'm not a big hockey head. I don't know. Uh, you know, the longevity in the league and all this other good stuff, but. That's the news. Jason, uh, excuse me, Jack Campbell. Almost a Jason Campbell. Old Raiders quarterback, huh? But anyways, uh, Jack Campbell, 30, excuse me, $3.3 million, two-year contract, one-year extension probably. And that's the news as far as the LA Kings go. Oh, one little thing before I, I, I digress into the next segment. LA Kings fans, I don't know if you saw what I saw, but on their IG page, there was a a picture or a video of them, quote-unquote, bringing back the old LA throwbacks of the 80s. I don't know if we're going to be wearing those long-term. I don't know if they're just, excuse me, bringing them back just so we can um, buy the throwback jerseys. I mean, I didn't really get that because you you could buy Mitchell Ness jerseys like nothing. At least I see them at most sports places. But I don't know if it's just that they're trying to bring back the throwbacks just for a little while. The way the LA Rams are are pretty much wearing their their um their 
royal blue and yellows or the, even the way the chargers are using their uh their powder blues again i don't i don't know what the the deal is with the kings uniforms but i'm kind of hoping kind of praying a little bit that we just might see our black and white hockey team go back to those black and silvers a little bit just because they reminds it's so nostalgic of the 80s and 90s and to be quite honest with you guys it not to make this whole thing about the raiders again but the raiders had a big impact when they were here guys the la raiders were so big and you could say what you want about their their winning percentage when they were here in the early 80s they won a championship here but the marketing was so successful with LA and silver and black. The Kings went from the Laker colors, who they donned initially, to the silver and black. They went silver and black. And then it turned into the the black and whites. And even somewhere in between that, it was black and purple. But anyways, back to... Uh, back to the show real quick. Hopefully we see the guys... Our boys in the LA Kings don those old school throwbacks just for nostalgia. Anyways, guys, before I get into the Raiders segment, I do have some XFL news. As most of you may know, if you haven't heard already, I'm just going to throw it in there and give you my two cents before I go into the, the Raiders segment. XFL! XFL finally revealed the team names and well... I was going to dip and dive into this a little bit more than I should. Uh, I'm just going to say this. The, the league has some decent logos and decent sounding team names and decent colors. I was really, really prove, uh, pulling for either a silver and black, obviously, kind of a logo and, and, and color scheme for the LA team or even kind of a... a, a White and blues or or even a, a like Dallas Cowboy kind of a color for the LA team. Let's just be honest, guys. As much as uh, we wanted something of that color scheme and something a little bit more LA, this was this is a brand new league and they had every opportunity to just start fresh. Just to start fresh and go, what is LA about? What can we do? This is a brand new league. I mean, there there had to have been some someone in that the XFL, whoever was creating the logos, and they got really lazy with the LA team. Really ate lazy. With that said, just so you guys know, I have no choice but to root for the LA team because the rest of the teams are in places that either we have rivalries with or I just cities I don't care for you know they got a Houston team and a Dallas team St. Louis Seattle and anyhow I'm just gonna get right into it the XFL finally released the names of the teams and the color schemes and all that good stuff they haven't revealed the uniforms yet but the XFL Los Angeles team is going to be the Los Angeles drumroll. Wildcats. 
the Los Angeles Wildcats. Guys, I'm really trying not to cuss on my um, podcast, but what in the heck were they thinking when they said this is a brand new league, brand new, like, let's captivate what the city and the region is all about. Mind you, there is no other current California team in this league, in this XFL. The only California team we got are the Los Angeles Wildcats. The Houston Roughnecks are a team in there. And they paid homage to the old Oilers. While they didn't necessarily take the colors. They're more of a New England Patriots kind of a color scheme. And the... Tampa Bay Vipers is kind of new and exciting, I guess, for them. Um, there's a couple teams with like that kind of made sense. The Vipers, there's like, I guess there's like fuck. There's <clears throat> excuse me, I almost said f bomb real quick, but I guess there's snakes in uh, Tampa. I you know Roughnecks kind of makes sense with it being Texas and all. Renegades, Renegades. I mean, it's a it's a Cowboy kind of a logo, evil looking cowboy logo, and it's called Renegades, and they're Dallas, and it's kind of a weird Charger blue, but nevertheless, it's blue. It kind of makes sense with Dallas. The XFL Los Angeles team is called the Wildcats. What part of a wild, especially if you're from Los Angeles, like myself, what part of LA really has Wildcats? Now, you guys could tell me right here in the, the Azusa Canyons uh, or the Pasadena Hills, whatever, uh, the Hollywood Hills. I don't, I've never seen, and if there is mountain lions and if there is quote-unquote wildcats in Los Angeles, there's just so much more to Los Angeles than that. You could have called us Los Angeles Outlaws. That would have been cool with the silver and black kind of a, a theme. Maybe that would have been too on the head with the Raiders thing. But I would have liked that. The Los Angeles Outlaws or the Los Angeles. Even the Renegades would have sounded better with us. And then they gave the silver and black uh, logo uh, color scheme to uh, the New York Guardians, quote unquote. Which is a gargoyle. But they gave that color scheme to New York. BS. On my uh, two cents. The Wildcats color scheme is what looks like a red and orange kind of a thing. The logo's kind of cool, I guess. It's just an LA insignia. Just like the Kings. Just like the Dodgers. Just like even uh, the Lakers have that. Uh, the beginning of the Lakers logo where it's just the LA. Um... The uh, Alley Galaxy, who else? The Alley FC, the <laughs> every team kind of has a little LA insignia somewhere. And they just follow suit. It just looked really lazy to me, guys. Wildcats, what does that have to do with LA? The LA insignia, let's just put an LA logo together and say, oh, that's Los Angeles right there. Just because every other team has it, let's just uh, throw in another LA letters together. Uh, and the colors, the only thing that makes sense is kind of the colors, even though I'm not really big on red. Uh, I guess 
it kind of a little bit reminiscent of uh, Trojan colors a little bit. You know, it's red and then it has the orange. I know we're more red and gold or, or crimson and gold. Whatever you want to say for the Trojans. Oh, so that's the XFL. Uh, so I guess let's go Wildcats. That That's the team. I'll... I'll you know, the, the league starts in uh, February, so we'll get more into detail with that as the time comes. But the Los Angeles Wildcats are our team. And I guess, and I say it again, I guess. Let's go, LA Wildcats. More on that to come. Now, before I really, really get into the uh, Raiders, I just remembered right now, USC. I would. I did say I was gonna cover UCLA, but to be honest with you guys, UCLA is not giving me much to cover on. Chip Kelly, I believe, is still the head coach in UCLA, and they stink. They absolutely. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Trojan fan, but they are stinking up the joint. And meanwhile, in the LA Coliseum, of course, our Trojans are fighting on to victory. I believe we won. The Fresno Bulldogs, the freshman quarterback got hurt. Well, our, our backup replaced him in this next game. I really wish I had the numbers, but I just remembered that we beat them. And then, of course, we beat our rival Stanford. I forgot it was like 40-something or something. Nevertheless, we beat... Central Cali, and we beat uh, Northern Cali. I don't know if we play the Bears this year or not, but let's beat the Cal Bears. Let's beat uh, definitely USC. I mean, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> it just sounded ridiculous. Definitely U UCLA. I meant let's definitely beat UCLA. I mean, and let's definitely absolutely beat. Our hated rivals in uh, um, Notre Dame. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know why it blew my mind when I hate that team. That team so much. Anyhow, so far two and zero, two and zero, two and zero. Good old Trojans look to be on the right track, even without um. The freshman who who was in our initial starter for the first game. Uh, best speedy recovery to him, of course. And absolutely. Fight on. Fight on USC, baby. Fight on to victory. Let's go Trojans. Now, for the moment we all have been waiting for. Talk Dodgers, Lakers, Kings. A little bit with our quote-unquote LA Wildcats. USC Trojans, the 2-0 USC Trojans. And now, for your Raiders, ladies and gentlemen. I do not know to where even start when it comes down to where I left off. Where I left off initially, I do not re remember. But I do believe it was right before Hard Knocks was about to air. So I'll just start there. A lot has happened in the time that... We last spoke. The Raiders wanted up getting the hard knock spot. And initially, everyone 
was hating it and just saying how this is going to be a distraction. It's going to be no good. Of course, we got to take into account the Hard Knocks curse, so to speak. Anyhow, let's get right into it. So the last time that we spoke, it, it, it was just all hype. And that's probably one of the main reasons why I haven't done an episode in a while. A lot of little things were coming out here and there about a player and this and hard knocks, that and rumors, this. And not to mention Antonio Brown, who I will very much get into in a little bit. Him and his drama. Uh, but I believe right before hard knocks even aired, he was. He had the frost, uh, frostbite to start off on his feet from the cryo chamber that athletes use. But I'll get more into that in a little bit. Hard Knocks showed a lot before the 53-man roster cut. Episode 1, and this is what I loved about the episodes. Just so you guys know, the first three episodes, especially the first two. The first episode had the, the intro where John Gruden, Chucky, head coach of the Oakland Raiders, tells the squad to start off the episode. Not into dreams, you guys. He's firing them up after a team practice, so to speak. And he goes, I'm into effing nightmares. And the delivery in which he says that, and then he says... Because you got to take their dream. You got to take their heart. You guys get this NFL bleep now. And uh, that first episode on HBO had you pumped. I remember I couldn't wait for it to actually start. I had work the next morning and I stood up and watched the whole thing. I actually stood up and watched all of the HBO before work. <laughs> to get uh, into detail with what I thought of the first episode. First episode was really cool. Uh, you know, initially I didn't really like uh, Jonathan Abram too much. I didn't like the way he talked to Coach. I thought he was kind of big-headed. Even the way he was trying to talk to uh, to Derek Carr about his money when he brought up the whole salmon, salmon stuff. And I was just kind of like, man, just, just shut up and play football. And then he got kind of loud and kind of edgy with uh, with Coach Gruden. And Coach Gruden kind of told him something like, go work out over there. You can't be hitting the quarterback. Can't be doing this. Can't be doing that. And Jonathan Abram pretty much said, you, you, what are you going to do, cut me? <laughs> and I thought that was real. That, was, that wasn't very cool of him, you know. And I'm surprised he didn't get fined. We'll get a little bit more into depth with the fines and all that stuff. But the first episode was really cool. The second episode really got me going. Too much to talk about, so I'll just skin it down. That intro, again, uh, Chucky, John Gruden, he starts with the whole... Um. He starts with um, just telling the guys how I need better execution. And he goes, 
Real loud, he screams, I need better effing execution. And then the episode starts. And, of course, they have the Autumn Wind intro and all that good stuff. HBO did a really good job at that. I thought the first two, three intros were for the books. That was really... That That didn't get you episode, uh, hyped up for the episode. I don't, I don't know what will. And as that episode went on, they got a little bit more into the AB thing with his feet, with his injuries, and now he wants his helmet. Helmet issue this. And... Uh, Anyhow, the thing I liked about it so much was uh, the Rams came to training camp in that episode. And the demeanor in which John Gruden had for the Rams and the respect and for the Rams was kind of revealing on how, yes, we hate the Rams. We hate all the other teams in the National Football League. We are absolutely after all their dreams. Quote unquote the nightmares, right? And but the respect that he had for not only Sean McVay, but Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, and he said how you know he coach and the Rams, the NFC champion effing Rams, as he said. Uh he's they're they're here to wreck your you know what. And he's he's not playing. He's not lying. And so he took the scrimmage serious. And then I believe either that episode or the following episode was the show the game against the Rams. Either way, um, either way, how you look at it, it was a really good episode. What I liked the most about it was the Ram Raider scrimmage fight, and they put Metallica. By the way, shout out to whoever in HBO put that uh, the sound bites together, the actual um, the music, so to speak. They put a lot of Metallica in there, and when Metallica Blackened came on, I lost my my head. <laughs> I lost my stuff, guys. That was really good. I'm a big metal fan, and that was really really cool. Anyhow, I thought that went well. Uh, that was a really good episode. Very, pretty much my favorite episode of the whole Hard Knock season. Episode 2, I mean episode 3, went into, uh, uh, it started off with uh, Frank Caliendo, the comedian, personating John Gruden in front of the team. Very funny, I'm sure you guys have seen it. I don't really need to go into the jokes, but it was pretty funny, pretty entertaining. Then again, they, they, they're getting ready for, for um, the Arizona game. More A-B drama in there. And... So on, so forth. Then the the other... The last two... Four and five were more about the roster cuts than anything. Uh, Luke Wilson, you saw Keelan Doss... Kind of ball out. But then... You know, they're, they're showing the Green Bay game. And then the Seattle game. Where they... You could kind of clearly see who was going to get cut. And... Overall, guys, I thought the Hard Knocks was 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 kind of good for us. I, I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me, but I thought it was actually pretty good. But uh, for the most part, some of it might bite us in the butt later on when it comes down, especially the Antonio Brown stuff. But there was just a lot of hype behind it. And even though I could have covered episode to episode, I think it would have been redundant. Overall, Hard Knocks was... I wouldn't call it a success, but 
it was definitely entertaining and I'm sure most of you would agree with me. Kind of revealing about how we do stuff behind the scenes. Maybe some of it was Chucky acting for the camera. I'm not too sure. Either way, Hard Knocks is over. And that's exactly how I'm going to transition from that to AB. Hard Knocks was over, guys. Hard Knocks was absolutely finished. Last episode aired and I thought the drama had ceased. And we were going to get ready for week one. As y'all may know, uh, Hard Knocks finished right when it was the week before week one. So we had uh, a decent amount of time before week one was about to begin, which is this today. And then we finish off week one tomorrow, Monday Night Football. And I thought it was all said and done, guys. Boy, was I wrong. So, throughout the Hard Knocks episode, what happened with AB was, first things first, I thought the foot injury was him and the hot air balloon, which he came into. That was a big red flag. I don't know how I didn't see that. But AB comes out in a hot air balloon, as you all may know. And I thought he got a foot injury from that, and he didn't. It was when he was in Paris doing God knows what. And he decides to do the cryotic chamber. I don't know what they call it, guys. I'm just going to kind of skim through this. But he gets his feet blistered because of the the cold in the, the cryonic chamber, whatever it's called. And he winds up having to miss some decent training camp time. Now, the Raiders absolutely had his back with that. Then came the helmet issue. There was a, actually there was a first helmet issue where he had his helmet that he same helmet brand that he wore with the Steelers. He basically had it modified with the Raider logo and colors, but that was the 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 helmet he wanted to use. That happens, and then it turns into, hey, guess what? Uh, you're gonna have to file a grievance. He files a grievance. Loses it. Okay, cool. He loses it and he decides to just go with the other 32, 18. I don't know how many different helmets that they have. But they had a plethora. They had a wide variety of helmets for him to choose from that were NFL approved. And he had knew that those helmets were going to go out of stock or out of date. They had an expiration date pretty much in which they were no longer... uh, Deemed acceptable by the NFL. He knew three years in advance. I knew something was up then. And I called it. And I told a couple of my Raider buddies. This guy is playing games. Because he knew that. Those helmets. (laughs) Were going to expire. That they were no longer going to be. You know. Player approved. Or NFL approved. And so that happened. And the next thing you know. Okay I found a helmet. And it looked kind of funny on him. I'm not going to lie. But whatever. It, I mean, some of these some of these players wear helmets that look kind of new age. And I just figure, oh, well, it's 2019. We're 20 years into the, the new century, new millennia, so to speak. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, the, 
new helmets are going to get funnier and funkier as we go into the years. Especially with CTE, and which I think he has. But, nevertheless, the Cardinal game comes on. He's full in full Raider gear. He's, he's not necessarily catching uh, or playing with Carr, but... You know, he's doing some warm-up stuff in it, and I I was fired up, guys. I had a couple beers in me. I was watching the preseason game at a Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was just imagining this guy, A, in Raider uniform, B, because it was a dome stadium and looked kind of brand new because it was at Arizona. I was only imagining him being like that in Vegas. I was really excited about this cat being in a Raider uniform, being a Raider, being excited about being a Raider, Making plays as a Raider. And I'm going to digress. Just so we can end this real quick. So. Then that happens. And then. The second. uh, I believe right after that. It went back into the helmet thing. The helmet thing happened again. And he the, the helmet he chose again. Was not. NFL proved he had to do it again. He lost the grievance against the NFL for that. And the NFL and the Raiders GM pretty much said, you need to be all in or all out, bud. And it was in one of the Hard Knocks episodes. I'm not sure which one. But it was during sometime in between the two grievances with the helmet. He, he basically came out on the media and said, look, we don't have anything right now about, about Antonio... He's not here at practice, blah, 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 blah. And it turned into, well, he's looking for a helmet, but he needs to be all in or all out. We need to know where his heart is with the football team. Are you going to participate in practice or what's happening? So Antonio being the social media uh, fanatic, and I'm being nice by using this language right now, fanatic. That he is with social media and IG and all this other stuff. Decides to start putting stuff out there that he's going to retire from the NFL entirely. If he doesn't wear said said helmet and blah, blah, blah. Most of you guys know what I'm talking about already. I'm just kind of repeating what happened. And basically, the helmet thing went away. He chose a helmet and... The news came out that he kind of did this over Hard Knocks so he could get a helmet deal in which he's sponsored by the helmet. He's getting paid for the helmet he uses, which is NFL approved. And I thought that was the end there. Guys, I thought it was over. And then, you know, it's ready to rock and roll. Football season's around the corner. Week one's around the corner. This guy's going to play football. Helmet's done. Uh, all this social media stuff's kind of done. All this, if I'm going to play with the team or not. I'm missing practice. He was over here missing practices. Going home early. Not showing up some days during training camp. And all of this was documented. Not only by the NFL, but on Hard Knocks. So Hard Knocks is about to come to the close. Come to the closer. already does. And... You know, some stuff happened where he thought all of this stuff was behind him. I'm pretty sure I'm getting the drama 
more correct, more or less correct. But I forgot what happened in between the helmet situation, the feet situation, and he, it was his money at one point that the Raiders were going to mess with. Like, hey, you need to stop messing around or we're going to find you. And as soon as his money was getting involved, because that's why he really wanted to be with the Raiders when we were going to pick him up from the Steelers after he declined to go to Buffalo. He wanted guaranteed money, and that's what he really wanted. And to be honest with you guys, Mike Mayock was on point the entire time. He told him, hey, do you want to be in or not? And so, you know, Derek... The Raiders organization in general, whether it be the team, the coach, the players, we were modifying and kind of going around him when we probably should have laid the the law down from the get-go, from day one, that, hey, guys, no one is above the team, but they kept kind of pushing back a little bit. Okay, there's a helmet issue. There's this issue. We got your back. We got your back. And he would keep on going on social media and just... Constantly be a pain in the you-know-what. Finally, he gets the word that he's not going to get fined or whatever. And then he gets fined. He gets fined for the the time. This is really when HBO's over. Hard Knocks is over. And he puts up a, a business letter between GM, pretty much the organization, and him. Which is supposed to be private. This is what you're going to get fined for. This is how much. This is what you're going to get fined for. And this is how much. It was two different separate fines. One for I believe skipping practice. Or not showing up. Or going home early. And the other one was for the time missed. During training camp. Which was serious. The Raiders threatened him with. Uh, conduct, conduct detrimental. And that's when things went. AWOL. And so did AB. AB absolutely freaked out and started saying how he wasn't going to play with the team. Blah, blah. And finally, he goes, we get news that he was going to go, or he did, excuse me. He went up to GM Mike Mayock and threatened to get into a physical altercation. They got into it, quote unquote. From all the reports. And. He threatened his own boss. Which we all know in regular society. You can't do. As much as a lot of us probably want to. Get into it with our bosses. That deep. And that crazy. And that into it. Anywhere you go. You know. In your heart of hearts. If I threaten to physically harm my boss. Or throw something at him. Guess what. I might not have a job come tomorrow or anything else. It's just how society run. You would think this this man-child of a human being would know. Anyhow, I'm not going to go too crazy into it because I need to wrap this up. Uh, basically, you guys all know the story by now. Him and Mike Mayock get into it. Ironically, out of everything, Bontez Perfect, who pretty much gave him CTE at, at this point, from 2015 when he was a Bengal and AB was a Steeler. Pretty much 
uh, he's the one that holds him back from getting into a physical altercation with the GM and punts a football at him and says, find me for that. You would have thought Mike Mayock and the Raiders organization would have held him entirely accountable, which they said they were going to do, and suspend him indefinitely, absolutely, positively suspend him from Monday Night Football for the for the actions he's caused as not only a player, but just because he's one of the top receivers, if not the top receiver in the NFL in the world, that gives him no right to think that I I have a spot in the fifty three man roster no matter what. It's just practice. I could go on and on and on, but this guy thought I have a job here no matter what. Because I'm Antonio Brown. I'm the greatest wide receiver of all time. No way, shape, or form has Jerry Rice ever acted that way. Tim Brown. Heck, I'll even go as far as to say Andre DeAndre Hopkins. He hasn't put... DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most consistent wide receivers in the Houston Texans and in the NFL. Not one word of that out of there. He is not Antonio Brown. Anyhow... Time goes by and he comes out and says apology at a team meeting with the team captains around him, ladies and gentlemen. That means that he had the team captains in the Raiders, Derek Carr, Montez Burfick, the rest of them saying, standing with him, even after he unfollowed the Raiders, unfollowed Derek Carr and was making a big social media stunt. The Raiders organization, especially the team captains, his teammates, who not only believed him, but put up with him and stood by him. He stood up there, made an apology, and then he gets on to a press conference right after that because the Raiders said that they weren't going to suspend him and they weren't going to do anything to, to, to take him off of Monday Night Football. What happens... After that press conference and after those crocodile tears and the whole show, he puts up that because they were going to suspend him and they weren't going to let him play Monday Night Football. Guess what? They pretty much announced he will play Monday Night Football and he's not going to get suspended. A lot of people, the Raiders got a lot of you-know-what for not suspending him, for not putting holding him accountable so on so forth for not doing anything and just saying you know what all is forgiven just go out there and play football we went that far into that guy and giving him that much and he went out of his way for the next day in social media to just go crazy and just basically say you know what I'm out He had already committed to Monday Night Football that he was going to just, quote-unquote, shut up and play. And that night, there was a video of, and it looked like a well-produced video of him basically phone-tapping Coach Gruden and letting the world see what was said between him and Coach Gruden about, you know, what 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 the hell's going on, man? Hey, man, you're a misunderstood human being, and you know, not 
in those words, but he basically said, come on, man, just let's just play football. We were right there. It was going to be Monday Night Football. It's tomorrow. This was only like the other day. And the next morning, not that night, he posts that video. The next morning, he puts on his story and on his IG that he said, Raiders, release me. Give me the freedom. I'm going to, quote unquote, piss off a lot of people by doing the right thing for me. And he says, uh, no more fake. Whatever that means. This guy cannot read or write for nothing. And I don't know how <laughs> he made it through college, quote unquote. I mean, he had to have. He went to a university to get drafted by the NFL. And he spokes <laughs> and he talks. Like, he's a third grader. You know, I probably know third graders that could read and write and spell better than him. And speak better than him. But he's just like, no more fake. Uh, Release me at Raiders. And the Raiders finally give in and release him. By the way, before I let you guys go, because I only have a couple more minutes. The deal between... The Raiders, when we picked them up from the Steelers, was initially just a third and a fifth round pick, which is pretty much all we gave them. What we did have to pick up was his bill. We didn't pick up anything as far as a contract between them. They're still uh, working with the $22 million in dead cap from the Steelers. And even when he was going to get traded to Buffalo, they were going to just still pick up the the bill. That was their dead cap. But what he wanted was guaranteed money. Antonio Brown was scheduled to make $30 million guaranteed. And by Monday Night Football, 15, half of that he was going to see by the first year. It was a three-year con- three year contract, $30 million guaranteed. And as much as I want to say that we got effed and all that good stuff, he got effed because... Initially, to be honest with you guys, he was going to make 30. He could have just shut up and, you know, ruined us by week five and take the money and ran. Because he would have made 15 off of that guaranteed. But thank God he made the fiasco that he did in between that time and then. And he got released. We have zero in dead cap. We don't have to pay him zero money. And the funny part is we actually made a couple couple thousand dollars. A good amount of a couple of thousand, like a hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand dollars in fines. Just finding this guy for uh, the Mike Mayock fines that, hey, you didn't show up to practice. Hey, you didn't do this. Hey, you didn't do that. So he, if anything, uh... With assuming that we're not going to get a big grievance from this, he paid us to be a Raider. So this guy leaves, and within like half the day later, he becomes a Patriot. So I wish him the worst. I hate to say this over my podcast, but I just, I hope, you know, I hope his career goes south. I'll just say that. I'll be nice and say that. Anyways, Monday Night Football is tomorrow night, guys. Keelan Doss, real quick, got picked up. He was a star in Hard Knocks. He left, and pretty much the 
couple grand that pretty much uh, AB gave us. I'm pretty sure it's going to go to Keelan Doss. Anyhow, guys, my last couple seconds. Thank you all for listening to my podcast again. Till the next time, this is the Alley